All right, man. Today is January 15th, 2023. This is being recorded at 10.11 a.m. This is episode 42 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. The year is going by already at a good pace. The things are getting done that we said are going to get done. What about you, man? You've been doing what you've been saying you were going to do? You've been working at your goals, your dreams, your art? Well, now's the time to do it, man. Alright, man. I saw some great films recently. I saw a film that's been getting a lot of talk. Uh, some acquaintances who I've talked to have had very mixed opinions on it. Some are a fan of the film, others are not so much. But it's a film that I uh, loved and I definitely want to talk about and give some mention to if you were unaware of it. Um, and that is... Uh, a... Now, here's the interesting thing I wasn't aware of. I'm talking about Kyle Edward Ball's uh, Skin and or uh, Skinamarink, I'm not really sure how it's pronounced. Uh, I said I've been saying Skinamarink, so I'm gonna keep saying that. But uh, to my knowledge, this is a film that was online, it got leaked online a while ago, a little while ago, I think uh, last year or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but Shutter, you know, picked it up. They acquired it, and they're giving it a release through them and some other companies too. I think IFC Midnight as well picked this up. Um, so this is a, but it's being promoted as a Shutter exclusive. So this is being put into some theaters as well. I've, I've seen a handful of Shutter films in theaters, and and now this one as well. But the, the thing is, man, this was, I believe, a, I believe this was a COVID film. There's an opening thing that says all precautions were taken, and all that. And this was, uh, uh, there were a lot of films coming out around COVID where they're. Using the resources that they have, not a lot of actors or social distancing. Some, uh, to be honest, without I'm not trying to be too negative, but a lot of them were I, I'm not a fan of. Man, some of those just really didn't work for me. Um, but you know, hey man, they even even during a tough time like that, they went out and they made their art, and God bless them in for it. And I believe this is one. This has to be one of these films because Skin America is a film that is tricky to talk about in terms of plot. It's, it's very experimental, very slow. Uh, avant-garde at times film, um, uh, almost non-linear. It seems like the way you can interpret this. And the way that this film is done, you're either going to see uh, its, its low-budgetness as a detriment or as a positive because there's uh, barely any actors in the film. It's uh, a lot of still shots of TVs or hallways or shots in the darkness. Um, very rarely... Are there really any uh, 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 sound effects or any any real? What's the word I want to put it, man? Uh, the the a lot of the visual of the film, a lot of the visuals of the film are really uh, looking into darkness, looking into around the corner, uh, lights coming from the TV. It's a very experimental film that you're either going to be on board with or you're you're absolutely not. And I want to say before I talk about more, I, I do have two big problems with the film. I do want to mention two big detriments to the film that did take a little bit away from the film. Number one is this stupid film filter. I'm not trying to be negative, man. I understand. I mean, the film is trying to look like a 70s film, even though it, the opening says it takes place in 1994. It doesn't really matter, though, but either way. Um... I just forgot to silence my phone. There's a film filter they put on it, and that's fine. But watching that theatrically, you you can see where the film filter loops, man. Uh, 
I mean, it's repeated, man. It's clearly a 30-second loop that's being used on, I don't know, uh, Final Cut or After Effects or anything like that, and it keeps looping. And it's distract. Man, there's a couple times you're looking at nothing. You're not even looking at anything. It's just darkness. And then you can see that thing loop. And I'm like, man, what is going on here? Get rid of the damn film filter, man. Uh, number two, and now normally something like that wouldn't be a big issue, but be, it, it only became a big issue at times because I am now taken out of the film because I am aware I'm watching a film with a filter on it. And number two being something that I've been seeing, hearing of a more kind of common issue is the runtime. It is a little long. It's about an hour, 40 minutes when a film like this that's very light on plot and very nonlinear. I think about 80 minutes, 85 minutes probably would have done this film a lot better. Um, that is to say, I was never bored, though. I know a lot of people are saying, and when I say a lot of people, I want to talk about acquaintances of mine. I don't really care what anybody online says or, like, on Letterboxd. I don't look at ratings or anything like that. I just hear my, I just hear the issues that some of the acquaintances of mine have been talking about. But this is, uh, this is a film that just, uh, I thought it, it was, it really kind of exemplifies what I, what I look at contemporary independent filmmaking. I, I hear independent filmmaking and then I, and then people talk about, a24 films with these big budgets and these perfect special effects and Hollywood actors and you know some of those are good but I, I don't really look at that as independent filmmaking I, I look at that more as studio filmmaking but on a more creative scale you know and, and I'm not let me put it this way I'm not definitely not throwing shade at A24 uh, or Neon for example I'm just looking at those examples when I hear people make some independent filmmaking it's like that that ain't independent filmmaking what are you talking about uh, you know it's like you know, I see films with these perfect uh, special effects and perfect acting and everything is so perfect man there ain't no dirt on the film and I, I see a film like this that's probably made for about two dollars in some guy's house and I'm like man this this gets me more than all those you know <laughs> something like the Blair Witch Project they just went out there and they did it you know didn't have a lot of money and that's what a lot of this film does a lot of uh emptiness a lot of looking into uh hallways letting your mind play tricks on you um this does have a couple of times where it, it utilizes some some interesting visuals that may or may not work for the audience and there's a couple of visuals in the film uh that man i thought worked, worked really well I, I just thought this film was it, it really just got under my skin man and in a way where a lot of um contemporary genre films or genre films in general really don't and it is funny to see a film like this that doesn't that's not really doing a whole lot of spectacle. Um, it, it is very um, uh, few between, far between what they choose to show. Some of it you're going to be on board with, some of it you're not. Um, there was one moment in the film the audience I saw would start giggling, and, and I thought it was very effective, but uh, um, it's not going to work for some people. The end as well, the end I, I found, this is, there's an image at the end that I found, uh, and, and uh, uh, an exchange that I found very unnerving. I had a great time seeing this film theatrically. Um, I mean, the audience I saw it with, whether or not they liked or didn't like it, it was pretty much a silent theater besides the only moment where there's some giggling, but I was just completely hooked on the screen. I just I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And even though I am saying that it is a little too long, which I do think it is a little long, um, I, I got to give credit to uh, the cast and crew here. Kyle Edward Ball, writer-director, uh, who is just, I mean, he utilizes the space and he knew what to do with the lighting. He knew what to show. He, he, these sound effects too, the, man, the sound effects are creepy in this film, man. It's like this echo. And whenever somebody talks, it's like an echo, man. I just thought, Hey man, I look at this and I'm like, damn, this is, this is solid independent filmmaking. 
And it's cool that it's getting a mixed response, man. I was saying before is that when a film is universally loved or universally disliked, you already sort of have an expectation beforehand. And not saying you don't with a film like this because maybe the expectation is no expectation, which is still an expectation. But a film like this, it's cool that the response has been mixed um, because the people, you know, the acquaintances whose opinions I respect, you know, and they're and they're not a fan of the film. I'm interested to see to hear where they're coming from and and other acquaintances who have liked the film that I've talked to. Um, you know, we kind of fall a lot of the same points uh, uh but either way i, I love this film um i thought it was already a great start to the year um and i guess this is a 2022 film for sure this this would have been on my my list of 2022 as my favorites of the year but big fan of the film for sure it'll be on shutter probably soon um yeah check this one out man i, I really really liked it and another film that i just seen actually the same day is Skin America, another film that I just loved. Uh, this is this one already is is. I mean, I guess it's considered a twenty twenty two film, but uh, we did not get this theatrically until just now. Yes, looks like this was released in South Korea in June of twenty twenty two. I know this was already available online. I, I saw some people posting about it and sharing it around, but I chose to wait to see it theatrically, and um, glad I did because this is the new Hirokazu uh, Korida film who, uh, last film, the 2018 film Shoplifters, which won the Palm Door, uh, terrific film, very excellent film, he's also made other solid films, like After the Storm, um, he's, he's directed the film Air Doll, which I haven't seen, but I hear is very good, Still Walking, he did Afterlife from 1998, which uh, I w- I've been wanting to rewatch, but is a very critically acclaimed film, he has his new film out, Broker, um, with uh, the main actor, who I always forget his name, Song Kang Ho, who was just in Parasite, as well as uh, the host, Memories of Murder. Uh, he's a very recognizable actor if you've seen a lot of South Korean films. Um, the the what the great thing about this one is that the, the the trailer is a little vague on the plot, but essentially it becomes a road trip film about needing to uh, sell off this uh, orphaned baby. Um, and it's, there's a lot of reveals in the film, a lot of character moments where you see the, uh, mer- the gray morality of a lot of what's going on, which is what he does well, um, as well in, uh, Shoplifters, because this was written and directed by Hirokazu Kurita, where in Shoplifters, you were looking at these characters who, um, they go from, one of them in particular goes from petty theft to more egregious criminal activity, but you still feel for him and you still like him. Um, and this film as well, the, the morality of some of the situations is a little gray in terms of in terms of ethics, in terms of characters doing something that they may be, that you see why they're doing it, you know, and, uh, but it makes you like, care about all of them. That, that's, that's the important thing about this film is that all the, the charisma of there are, what is it, really primarily five characters in the film. And even there's a point in the film where you have a little kid who joins along and sometimes that can be, um, it all depends on the child actor and the writing as well. A film that I watched a couple months ago, which I liked actually quite a bit, was the Iranian film Hit the Road. And the kid actor in that, um, at times I liked him, at times I thought his character was a little waning in terms of, uh, there, he was a very cutesy, very um, 
comic relief character, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, which is, but that is a good film as well. I do, I do recommend it. But you see that film if you're interested. But here, the the kid actor is very good. Ever all the performances are great. The charisma is there, and there are a couple of just really fantastic emotional moments. There's a, there's a whole great bit on a Ferris wheel that um, really kind of put things into perspective. And there's a great scene um, towards the end of the film where they're all basically laying down in a dark hotel room and. Uh, there's a dialogue exchange there that is very uh, beautiful. Um, like Skin America, I mean, this is readily available. Um, I would, if you have the opportunity to see it theatrically, then go for it, man. Um, if not, then I imagine this will probably be out pretty soon. With she, I mean, Jesus Louise, man, the amount of stuff that's getting released now that uh, is only soon after the theatrical date. It's, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, I was going on Amazon recently looking at what they had for new release rentals because I got kind of curious what was on there. Not that I was going to rent anything because the titles are $20 each, and I'm just not that interested in spending $20 to rent a, a film when I have thousands and thousands of thousands of films that I could watch instead. But um, it's crazy, man. There are titles, titles in there that are still being shown theatrically that uh, are on there to rent. And I don't mean, when I say shown theatrically, I mean in, like, major multiplexes, man. Cinemarks, the AMCs, what is it? I think Puss in Boots is on there, which is still playing theatrically. Uh, you know, there were some other titles there. Uh, you know, I also just saw The Eternal Daughter, the new Tilda Swinton film, and that is also, I think that was on VOD originally, and then that had a small theatrical release. <coughs> and, um... That film, which was a film I liked a lot, but uh, it's a film that may not be showing everywhere, so uh, or isn't showing everywhere, I should say. So uh, cases like that where it's not as easy to um, see it theatrically, you know, I understand that. But I imagine that Broker probably will as well, and uh, it's just a, a fantastic film. It's one of the uh, already, I mean, that and Skin America are just two of my favorites of last year that's, didn't get to see until now, and I'm glad that I did get to see both of them, because both, uh, like I said, were, were great, you know. Um, man, so, and actually, speaking of him, my uh, an acquaintance of mine <clears throat> made a very interesting point. One thing that I wanted to mention with Broker that I actually just neglected to, uh, he would made comparisons, uh, that is Hirokazu Kurita, made comparisons to uh, Ozu, the films of Ozu, made in, you know, late spring, uh, he made many films, man. He's uh, he, he's a very prolific um, uh, Japanese filmmaker. That is uh, Yasujiro Ozu. Like I said, made Late Spring, which is probably his most famous film. He did Early Summer, um, Tokyo Story. Uh, he, he's done a lot of films, man. I, I've, I've seen a lot of his work. A lot of titles like, I'm blanking on, but a lot of his films focus about the family dynamic, I think. Um, an example of that being in Late Spring, you have the... Um, relationship between a father and a daughter and the disconnect there between what the father his, his his neglect at seeing his daughter's perspective and the daughter feeling isolated from her not just her family but pretty much from all of her surroundings it's, it's a fantastic film i think that's one that most people have seen but um that's what uh actually oh geez louise man hopefully you weren't wearing headphones uh that's what uh Carita does well is that with you know i'm thinking of this in shoplifters he has he's great at having this this family dynamic of these people who aren't uh aren't blood related but they act as a great family unit you know that at some point this is going to come to an end and they're going to have to go their separate ways and the way and that's how i was getting that's what i was getting at a broker is knowing that you know there's going to be an end to the story their mission is going to be complete so to speak um, it 
it, you you like these people so much and their dynamic works so well. I think he's such a it's a combination of him being really fantastic with actors as well as these actors being very good uh, with each other. I should also say some of the other characters in the film, um, two detectives who are following them. I believe one of them is this actor Bay Duna who uh, has actually been in quite a bit. She was in um, the Bong Joon-ho's The Host. She was in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. She's been in a lot of films, very recognizable. In America, she was in Cloud Atlas, the Wachowski film. Um, and the other actor, Lee Ju Young, who I got to look here, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, looking here, I'm not really familiar with a lot of her work, but she's done a lot of uh, TV, apparently, so um, they were both very good as well, uh, and the way that it kind of comes to a cross at the end is very well done. I, I just think that, you know, it's two these two films, man, I'm thinking The Broker and Skin American, I'm just like, you know, I, I see... I see great films often, um, but it's films like these, man, that I really just get excited to uh, think back on to discuss because I, I, the emotions that are felt two completely different emotions during these films. You have a film like Broker Works. Um, it, it can be uh, at times melancholic and uh, feeling like that that sense of family is there, and I say melancholic, I mean, in terms of one specific character, and then you have a case like Skin America where you're invoking something else entirely, man, it, it's really great, you know, I mean, I, I watch a lot of films, and uh, a lot of them you, you watch, and they don't really resonate too much with you, they, and when I say resonate, I don't mean like I'm seeing myself on these characters, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not relating to the situation, in Skin America, I'm not relating to me being trapped in a house, you know, but people, uh, one, one good thing, one interesting thing I read about it is somebody talking about Skin America, talking about the emotions that it evoked out of them, of like this childhood kind of, um, uh, not necessarily innocence, yes, but in a way that that feeling of the unknown, it evoked something in them, where they're just, that, that feeling of, you know, <coughs> when you're a kid and you can't find your parents or something like that, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's something else, man. It's, I just think that films like these, which is uh, two different films, of course. One is, a, I imagine, a fairly well-budgeted, you know, big film with big actors, uh, but with a, you know, with a great script and a great plot. But then you have a film like Skin America, which is, uh, you know, a lot of actors you're not familiar with, and it's, you know, very presumably low budgeted and it's you know it's but it's but they're both fantastic in their own right you know i think these kind of films are uh much more interesting than a lot of what is being released commercially you know uh, uh, on a major level but with that said um that i wanted to go back to that point before in terms of kind of uh comparing even though it shouldn't be compared but comparing uh you know a, a work of a master before to something contemporary like this um there is that so I'm trying to think back to some of the other films I had seen this week. You know, I had finally seen Alexander Payne's Sideways from 2004, I believe. And this has been a film that I've been wanting to see for so long now. It's, uh, I think, a fairly popular film, very fairly well-known. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church. Um, who's the actor? Virginia Madsen, I think. And Sandra Oh, I believe. I should probably just look his names up. Uh, yeah, let's see here, man. You got, yeah, Virginia Madsen. Okay, I was completely right about that. Look at that. And yeah, this is one that I just, man, waited to see for a long time and don't know what I ever, why I ever waited. And, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't think I need to go too in depth about this film. I believe a lot of people have seen it, but in case you haven't, then you have, uh, it's another road trip film, essentially. You have uh, these two characters, Miles and Jack, uh, played by, <laughs> I said played by Alexander Payne, played by Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. 
uh, the Jack is getting married, and this is kind of his, uh, uh, what is it, like a bachelor kind of uh, weekend, or a week, I should say, I, I don't know what the term is, but they're going up to wine country, and they, uh, they're two uh, different kinds of characters. Miles, played by Paul Giamatti, is, uh, is a wine connoisseur. He is very uh, knowledgeable, very dedicated to his craft of his, the knowledge of wine. He can, you know, he, he goes through his process of, of how to drink a glass of wine, what to look for in it, you know. But he's also he's dealing with his own uh, failed marriage. He's dealing with a lot of regrets in his own life and a lot of uh, feelings of loneliness and feelings of, um, you know, I say obsession in a way where he's obsessed with this wine, but it's sort of like that because actually he feels like that's all he has because he has no one else in his life, uh, essentially. Uh, I mean, he has characters in his life. He is a great part. They go to see his mom, but he feels by himself and on the flip side of that you have jack who's a character who likes wine and is interested in it but he's more interested in he's more interested in you know chasing after women and and he's very you know freewheeling kind of just live in the moment do your thing um uh, almost hippie kind of like at times but uh the way these two clash in a way that never gets cliche there there is um you know these are two characters who are on the opposite ends of their their uh uh knowledge of you know, of wine and culture and all that, but still uh, bounce off each other well and are able. There, there, there's not a cliche scene where they have a they have a big fight and Jack talks about him actually hates wine or something like that, which a, a lesser screenwriter would have done. I think both of these characters are, you know, even though Miles can can be uh, can probably be uh, you know snobby when it comes to this thing, Jack can maybe be a little um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I would say. Um, maybe in over his head uh, uh, in some situations, especially in one situation later, that they work with the, these two characters work with each other well. I should also say, I mentioned before, Virginia Madison and Sandro are both very good in the film as well. Um, uh, they, they they come in uh, uh, probably around the halfway point or so, and, they, and all four of them match off each other really well. I mean, I say it's a road trip film, but one, essentially they're just going up to wine country, and it takes place over a week there, but uh, Alexander Payne is, as well, a very interesting director, is a very interesting filmmaker. I know this is based off a book. This was based off of an at the time an unpublished book and then when this came out this got published but he's done a lot of films i really like a lot uh election from 1999 he did the descendants from a couple years ago with a george clooney film uh he's really great at uh at release these uh smaller kind of uh, uh characters working together um you know i would say kind of like a family dynamic in a way but he's also did uh, about schmidt which i haven't seen but he's very good at balancing that uh about balancing comedy and drama because even with something something like election which is his most overt which is a comedy but it's a very big comedy uh big in the way where you have characters pretty much all the characters in that film acting very uh, uh big and they all clash with each other that way. And but then you have this one character who is completely innocent, and and and, and the comedy that comes through that. But they get something like Nebraska, which is a film that I've uh, I've just really grown on me. I, I'm actually a big fan of that film. But um, the dynamic with that of uh, the the drama and the comedy that comes out of uh, uh, Bruce Stern's character, who is older and is getting uh, is getting more senile, um, thinking that he won this lottery uh, or won this prize, I should say. It's been a couple of years since I've seen Nebraska. My memory's a little bit fuzzy on it, but um, as well, that's a, a terrific film uh, as well. Um, 
But with that said, I think most of his films are pretty well known. I mean, I think a lot of people probably know Election and Nebraska and The Descendants. Um, I think Election, yeah, Election has a Criterion. I'd love to see Nebraska get one as well. Um, and uh, uh, this one is, I mean, it's readily available as well. All three of these films you can find anywhere. You know, Sideways is a film that has, has been talked up for a while. And it's one that, it's one that um, I was really happy to finally watch. Um, a lot of the big reveals, a lot of the big plot points hadn't been revealed to me in advance so just watching this film play out watching the character dynamics and i really love the the end of the film as well there's a uh a one there's a there's a uh maybe the last 10 minutes or so with paul giamatti where he's kind of putting the events of the film and his life in a perspective and 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 maybe making a change maybe not but at least having this kind of moment of of, of realizing that there's got to be something more than this there's one great uh moment in particular that i think is talked about in terms of a um well, I should probably, I'm not going to say it, but it's a, it's a very, I think it really sums up his character at that point in the film of just, I, you know, a change has got to be made, but everyone knows about it. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, all three of these films today. I was, I'm really happy to talk about these three films because uh, Sideways is the most popular of them. Everybody knows Sideways, at least most people have, but uh, seeing just, man, it, it, you see great films and then you just see films like these, all three of these, and it's just like, man, I, I really, it, it, it just, that's, that's why, that's why you watch films, man, it's sort of like the, the discovery, the, um, the, when you watch it, you're, you're not realizing how much you like it, and then afterwards, uh, or at least not liking it as much, then when you're done afterwards, you go, you know, that was a really special experience, and I'm thinking back to these feelings that you felt during the movie, whether, you know, happy or sad or scared or whatever it is, and, and, you reflect on your own life and you reflect on what that art evokes in you. Uh, cause that is, that is the whole theme of the show, man. It's art, it's cinema, it's, it's, it's filmmakers making films they want to make. And the result of that, whether they succeed or fail is, is primarily in the eye of the beholder. But, um, all three of these films greatly succeeded and I'm happy to talk about them. So, all right, man, Got plenty of daylight out going on, so we're going to get the stuff done today. I hope you will, too, and check, just, uh, don't waste the time, man. Don't waste the time doing nothing, unless you want it, then to each their own. Go for it. I ain't got a title of your life. Ain't no which title of your life, as long as I'm not hurting yourself or anybody else, man. All right, that's going to be all for this episode. Uh, appreciate you listening.